It's Monday, April 18th. I'm Sarah Y. Kim. Baltimore County is trying to fight off an infestation of midges. The student member on the county's school board will have a vote on the budget over objections of some members, but only if Governor Hogan signs the bill. A federal judge ruled that Baltimore State's attorney Marilyn Mosby cannot avoid a trial on perjury charges. $10 million in ARPA funds will go toward a public health approach to fighting crime in the city. And County Executive John Yashevsky awaits approval of his $4.8 billion budget. It's the Daily Dose from WIPR, our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID-19 response and the local news of the day, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Maryland's COVID-19 positivity rate now stands at 3.27 percent, according to the state health department. That's the highest since February. Health officials also reported this morning 864 new cases in the past 24 hours, marking another spike since February. For now, hospitalizations are not following a similar upward trend. There are 142 people hospitalized and 91.7 percent of people aged 5 and older are vaccinated. Of those fully vaccinated, just over half have received a booster. The long spring break is over for most of Maryland public school districts, and it's back to school for those students tomorrow. As thousands of students return to classrooms, health officials will be keeping a close eye on COVID metrics and a possible uptick in positive cases. Prince George's County students were given at-home COVID test kits last week and are being asked to upload their results tonight. A federal judge has struck down a CDC order issued just last week to extend the mask mandate through May 3rd for public transport, planes and in airports. The judge, an appointee of former President Donald Trump, ruled that the mandate exceeds the CDC's authority. However, it's still possible the mandate could hold. The judge's decision is pending a review by the Justice Department. Baltimore Delegate Talmadge Branch, the longest-serving House of Delegate Majority Whip in the history of the General Assembly, has announced he's not seeking re-election. Branch has served the last three years with his daughter, Delegate Chanel Branch, who also represents the 45th District in Baltimore. Branch was first elected in 1995 and helped expand education and public safety in the 45th district. Former state delegate Pat McDonough is making his second run for Baltimore County Executive. The conservative Republican lost the GOP primary four years ago. McDonough says if elected, he will strictly enforce immigration laws and, in his words, will not allow the county to become another Baltimore city. McDonough is one of six candidates vying for the Republican nomination. The student member on Baltimore County's school board will be allowed to vote on the school system's multi-billion dollar budget under legislation passed by the Maryland General Assembly. WYPR's John Lee reports opponents of the legislation said a student is too inexperienced to have that authority. The student member who currently can vote on policy but not the budget is a high school senior who serves for one year. Democratic delegate Eric Ebersole, who sponsored the legislation, dismisses critics who say the student isn't capable of dealing with the school budget. Being able to pass policy on a vote but not being able to help pass the budget to support that sometimes 
is really then not really voting on policy at all. So they need to have the voice in both places. The legislation was amended to require all members of the county school board, including the student member, to get budget training. Governor Larry Hogan has not said whether he plans to sign the bill into law. John Lee, WIPR News. Baltimore City State's Attorney Marilyn Mosby attended her pre-trial hearing last week on federal charges of perjury and lying on loan applications to purchase vacation homes in Florida. A federal judge ruled at the hearing that a trial will proceed in September. Judge Lydia K. Grigsby denied Mosby's motions to dismiss the indictment against her and to disqualify Assistant U.S. Attorney Leah Wise as prosecutor. Mosby's attorney, A. Scott Bolden, argued that the prosecution was selective and vindictive and accused Wise of racial animus, a claim Mosby echoed outside the courthouse. You have to think about how this, these investigations began. It started with my travel and then it went from an OIG investigation and it went to State Ethics Commission, State Board of Elections. They have combed every aspect of my life for the past two years. Why said that he was prosecuting Mosby for not telling the truth. Mosby was joined Thursday by her husband, City Council President Nick Mosby. And just before the hearing, Mosby officially filed for re-election in a primary that will take place months before her September trial. The Back River area in Baltimore County is dealing with an infestation of midges. The gnat-like nuisances don't bite but are a pain in the neck for business owners and residents. As John Lee reports, officials are tying the midge infestation in part to the city's troubled wastewater treatment plant. For Sam Weaver, who owns Weaver's Marine in Essex, midges, when they swarm, are no joke. You can't tell what color your boat is. You can't get on your boat. If you open your mouth, your mouth's full of them. You get them in your eyes, your ears. Weaver says his marina has lost millions in business driven away by the midges. County Executive Johnny Oshevsky says they're aerial spraying a bacteria that kills midge larvae, and they want the city's wastewater treatment plant on Back River treated for larvae as well. Getting treatments both in the plant and in the water will resolve the issue so that people can come back. The state took control of the plant because it says it's been dumping nutrients and dangerous bacteria into Back River. John Lee, WIPR News. Maryland's March unemployment rate went down from 5 percent to 4.6 percent. According to the State Department of Labor, that is the lowest since the beginning of the pandemic. After a little more than a month stuck in mud in the Chesapeake Bay, the container ship called Ever Forward is floating again. The ship ran aground March 13th in the Chesapeake Bay near Krug Hill Channel. Crews had to remove 500 containers before the ship was able to float again. It's headed for the Annapolis Anchorage grounds for inspection before it's reloaded and continues on its original journey to Norfolk, Virginia. Baltimore City leaders announced Wednesday an investment of $10 million in American Rescue Plan Act dollars to expand a community violence intervention ecosystem. They also announced the results of an internal review of Safe Streets, a program part of that ecosystem. The $10 million investment in the CVI ecosystem is part of a $50 million allocation that Scott announced last fall for public safety efforts. I know uh, that this city is more than the trauma that so many of us face each and every day. 
The mayor says the ecosystem will connect people with victim services for the first time, including housing, employment, and emergency relocation for those experiencing trauma and recovering from gun violence. Too often in our neighborhoods, interpersonal conflict escalates into cruel and deadly behavior. We know that this is something uh, that we cannot police our way out of. The announcement followed a $5 million increase in the city's proposed budget for police, which was announced Monday. Scott rose to power following George Floyd's murder. Many of his supporters hoped he'd cut funding from the police. So far, Scott has only increased funds, coupling these with initiatives that he said will address violence's root causes. A critical part of the new CVI ecosystem is Safe Streets, a program that seeks to peacefully intervene in violence. Last year, Scott charged the Mayor's Office of Neighborhood Safety and Engagement, or MONSI, with conducting an internal evaluation of safe streets, specifically on operational and cultural norms across the program's 10 sites. But what hasn't happened is they haven't had the support that they need. They haven't been able to expand that work, to deepen that work. The city published the results of that evaluation on its website Wednesday. Among areas for improvement in the evaluation are its geographic limitations. 2.6 square miles in a 90-square-mile city. Not enough anti-crime support for a city the size of Baltimore. Monzi's director, Shante Jackson, said the program, while an anchor for the city, would benefit from strengthening relationships with the surrounding community. Baltimore has not always made the necessary investments to make this program as effective for our communities as we know that it can be. And for the first time, this administration is prioritizing this program because we recognize the major role that Safe Streets plays in the greater CVI ecosystem. She said that the larger CVI ecosystem, with support from hospitals, community organizations and wraparound services, will help Safe Streets meet its full potential. We are growing our on-the-ground capacity to directly intervene in conflicts and disputes before they escalate to violence. So far this year, Jackson said the program has conducted 527 mediations. She also added that so far, Safe Streets has never had a standard operations manual. That will change. It includes establishing adequate training and professional development for violence interrupters and organizations who are participating in this ecosystem. It includes a complete focus on workforce safety. The manual will roll out some time in May, after which Jackson said the city will have a clearer path forward for the CVI ecosystem. Baltimore County Executive John Yashevsky has proposed his $4.8 billion budget to the county council. It includes pay raises for educators and county employees, a doubling in the size of the inspector general's office, and hundreds of positions added to the county workforce. WYPR's John Lee reports. The county is flush with cash, a combination of a strong economy and federal and state COVID relief dollars. So County Executive Oshevsky is able to spread it around. The county school system has been struggling to hire enough teachers and bus drivers. So to help with that, he's proposing they get a raise. Oshevsky says the average county teacher will see a pay increase of 6.5 percent, or around $4,000, and a temporary $2 an hour raise for bus drivers and attendants will be permanent. 
And our kindergarten assistants, paid helpers, lunchroom assistants, and additional assistants will all see a 12% increase over the current minimum wage they are paid. Oshevsky calls it a record-shattering budget for education, with more money for school construction and nearly 530 added positions. Even though enrollment has declined by more than 4,000 students amid the pandemic, we continue our sustained investment in education because we know that now more than ever, children need smaller class sizes, more social workers, and more counselors. Oshevsky is also, again, freezing in-county tuition at the Community College of Baltimore County. County employees also would see an average 4.5% pay raise. The county will continue to offer hiring bonuses for police officers. Also in the budget, a new position of chief of homeless services, more money for affordable housing, free meals for thousands of more children. 1,000 trees will be planted along county streets. Money is spread around the county for roads and parks. A controversy that has dogged Oshevsky this past year has been his handling of the inspector general's office, which he created three years ago. He's been criticized for trying to rein in Inspector General Kelly Madigan and for keeping her office underfunded. In the budget, Oshevsky proposes doubling the size of Madigan's office to six. In an interview after his speech, Oshevsky said he believes in the office's mission. I was proud to support it. I've grown it in every year's budget, and uh, we have the resources this year to invest in it even more significantly, and I'm proud to do so. Inspector General Madigan says she's grateful. She says two of her hires will be investigators. And hopefully will translate to more reports, which will translate to more accountability and transparency for Baltimore County government. There is no talk of a tax increase in Oshevsky's budget, no talk of a tax cut either. Rather than cutting taxes, Oshevsky says county residents want the government to spend more on projects in their neighborhoods. This is a budget that's reflective of what we heard um, from hundreds of residents as we did town halls throughout the county. Republican Councilman David Marks says the votes aren't there on the democratically controlled council for a tax cut. And Marks agrees with Oshevsky that the county has a lot of needs. We have increasing poverty in this county. I mean, we have to be dealing with some of these root causes of strife. Oshevsky is putting an additional $50 million towards shoring up the county's retirement fund. And Democratic Councilman Tom Quirk warns the cost of living adjustments this year alone add up to around $60 million. So $50 million helps, and it's definitely a beginning, but we still have a lot more work to do. Oshevsky's budget, which is about a 12 percent increase over last year's, now goes to the county council for review. The council can only cut his budget. It cannot add to it. Last year, the council made no changes to Oshevsky's spending plan. John Lee, WIPR News. The Daily Dose is brought to you by WIPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Big thanks to my news team colleagues, Rachel Bay, John Lee, Joel McCord, and Callan Hansel Suddeth. Our digital content director is Jamila Krempel, and our general manager is LaFontaine Oliver. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. Stay healthy, stay sane, and stand together. I'm Sarah Y. Kim. Thanks for listening.